Welcome to Living Water Radio. We've been living in postmodern times for a while now. Isn't it time for something new? Some say that's meta-modernism. Today, we're going to find out what that is and how the church can live in it. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm filling in temporarily for pastors in the Los Angeles area. Maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. A classic business school question students learn to ask is, what business are we in? An example given is that the railroads did not thrive after new technologies were introduced because they thought they were in the railroad business when, in fact, they were in the transportation business. One of the questions church leaders learn to ask is, how do we meaningfully convey the good news of Jesus Christ handed down from the apostles to people in our culture and in our times? The question needs to be asked because the cultures of the world are varied and they are always changing. For example, the Western world is arguably now in post-Christendom. By Christendom, I mean a Western world that was largely influenced by Christian institutions like the Christian church, by Christian universities, and by Christian themes in the arts. Of course, it may also be argued that the world never was actually Christian, just philosophically Christian, or institutionally Christian, or culturally Christian, or success-driven Christian. That is the way Pastor Richard Halverson, a Presbyterian minister and former chaplain of the Senate, once described the broad history of the church. He said, In the beginning, the church was a fellowship of men and women centering on the living Christ. Then the church moved to Greece, where it became a philosophy. Then it moved to Rome, where it became an institution. Next, it moved to Europe, where it became a culture. And finally, it moved to America, where it became an enterprise. Our visible influence in the West has certainly declined, but I think that we are not yet a post-Christian culture. Western values that were so profoundly shaped by Christian values remain in place. You only need to go to a never-Christian country and then return to a Western nation to see how profound that influence still is today. But almost no Christian needs to be convinced that participation in Christian worship has been and continues to be in decline. A Christian worldview is rarely expressed publicly. Christian influence based on living the Christian life and not on the coercive use of Christian membership numbers as a tool both of the church and of the politicians has been all but absent from the public sphere. We could say that recent church decline is actually a shakeout of the nominal members, the pragmatic connection makers, and the belongers, which leaves the active members, the genuine participants, and the believers. But I think that there is less there than meets the eye. We could also argue that the Bible never tells us to expect to be the majority in any culture, much less popular. Instead, Jesus tells us that we are like light, salt, and leaven 
the small thing that if it retains its character is an agent of transformation and everything that is around it. But then how do we do ministry in a place that is post-Christian? Timothy Keller, a widely respected Presbyterian pastor and author who developed the growing church approaching megachurch status in Manhattan, is quoted as saying, in 2000 years, we've never learned how to do mission in a place that was post-Christian rather than pre-Christian. If you're in ministry, it's going to take all of your life to help the church figure out how to do this. I think that a good way to start is not by trying to recapture our perceived glory days, but by discerning what God is calling us to do in our culture today and to move forward. And since Christians haven't had to learn how to do it in 2,000 years of history, we have a lot of room for creativity. Given that it's never been done before, the pressure is off. How do we do mission in a visibly post-Christian place? How does the church move forward to being a fellowship of men and women centering on the living Christ today? How does it come alive with the arts and holy living? We start by asking what age we live in. We were in the modern age, then the postmodern age. I was looking online the other day for where we were today, and I found this, metamodernism. Metamodernism has been around since the late 20th century, but it has gained popularity in the 21st century, especially in the past few years. It is a means to describe a culture that is no longer postmodern, but understands that culture using postmodernism. Hence, the meta, which means understanding something in terms of itself, or in a way that is self-referential, or where understanding a part of something requires the application of the whole, and understanding it requires many successive executions. Meta is a Greek word that literally means after. It also happens to be the new name for the parent company of Facebook. It's a reference to the metaverse a digital reality that refers to but is something other than reality. It's augmented reality. It's virtual reality. The English artist Luke Turner wrote in Metamodernism, a brief introduction, whereas postmodernism was characterized by deconstruction, irony, pastiche, relativism, nihilism, and the rejection of grand narratives, to caricature it somewhat, the discourse surrounding metamodernism engages with the resurgence of sincerity, hope, romanticism, effect, and the potential for grand narratives and individual truths, whilst not forwarding all that we've learned from postmodernism. Does any of that sound like progress, or is it just random change, the nihilism of postmodernism? Either way, we have much to offer the current culture in the West in the context of metamodernism. Early 20th century humorist Fred Allen said that the most important thing in Hollywood is sincerity, so when you can fake that, you've got it made. We say that God sees the heart, so there is no point in living any other way. Are metamodernists looking for hope? We have good news in Jesus Christ. Is romanticism the belief that everything will turn out well in the end? That's us. Is effect the existence of embodied experience? We point to the incarnation of Jesus Christ and to living, as Paul said in Romans 12, 1, 
I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We point to grand narratives in the centrality of the cross in human history, to our world view, and to the greatest story ever told. We live by universal truths that can only be universal if they come from outside of us, given and revealed by a loving and gracious God in the living relationship with God for which all humanity was created. There is a lot that we have to say and do that will resonate with this metamodern era. But does all this seem like foreign territory? Does this meta sound like something you've heard before, but in a different way? That's because you have. The word meta was almost immediately after the Greek age taken to also mean beyond or transcending. Word wrangler Caleb Madison points this out in his article, Meta Doesn't Mean What You Think It Does, in The Atlantic Magazine. He says, As academia ran out of rationally explainable things to study, it began to study itself. Fields of study emerged like metalinguistics, metahistory, and metanarrative that attempted to go beyond the traditional areas of study to discover fundamental rules underlying all history all language, all narrative. The rise of the information age stoked the promise that, through quantitative data and cold computational analysis, certain fundamental truths could emerge that might allow us to transcend our subjectively limited human perspective. The Christian faith also brings our meta in this sense to this same table. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 17 through 18, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. That's the big picture. That's our meta. The big picture is that the church belongs to God, and that though it may wax and wane like the moon in one place or another, in one culture or another, in one time or another, nothing will prevail against it. History has a direction, and that too is in God's hands. That is our universal truth. It is our worldview, our meta-narrative, and all of it is built on the grace of God. How do we live in this world? How do we live in meta-modern times? How do we do mission in a post-Christian place? Humbly and faithfully, in the power given to us in the Holy Spirit, in a living relationship with the one true living God. Jesus said in Luke 12, verse 32, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, 
the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.